0: All right. Well, what I'd like to do is uh, introduce our guest today, Alex Serena, who was uh, uh, 16 years the, uh, the CEO of PCCW and uh, for a few years as the regulator in Australia, a few years as a regulator in Hong Kong. But for me personally, it's uh, been a, a friend and a, uh, a colleague for, for probably 20 years. Uh, one of the leading thinkers in the industry uh, was the first uh, real CEO to come up with the idea of the quad play. And not only did he come up with it, he executed it. And uh, I'm really excited just to talk to Alex uh, to help uh, sort of think through the, where the world is going and, and get his perspective. So good morning, uh, Alex, and welcome.
1: Yeah, good morning, Bill. Thank you. You make me uh, feel very modest. But, uh, I'm happy to, happy to share some thoughts from an old man for PTC. you know, <laughs> and so uh,
0: We've had a bunch of CEOs come from different backgrounds, some, but you, you're... You, you actually had the unique, uh, I, you're the, I think the only person we're talking to that came from a regulatory background as well, too. So you had, you had the legal, the finance, the...
1: Yeah, Yeah, I mean, some people, are, you know, say I'm a poacher turned gamekeeper or whatever, you know, I'm on both sides of the fence. You know, I've formed policy, I've regulated it, administered it, and I've, you know, been an industry participant. So I guess I guess, I I've formed a multifaceted view. Um, but I can't say I had all the answers, but at least... I know where to start asking questions. And I think that's also helped me through my career.
0: You you actually were the only guy I've actually seen that actually created a trust for fiber, right? That many of these data centers become trusts, right? And you were, uh, you went one step further and sort of uh, you created one for a fiber or a telco, which I, I don't think is actually, to my knowledge, hasn't been replicated since, right? And uh, I think yeah, you were the first one and the only one ever to pull it off uh, with PCCW.
1: Yeah, and it worked very well for HKT, you know, when we relisted HKT and brought it back to the market in 2011. Um, and, and the reason we did it was to unlock value. I mean, there was, again, we were not getting satisfactory, you know, recognition of the value we'd created in in, PC, in you know, PCW Group, in, in particularly in the HKT asset. So, um, you know, we struggled with it, how to, how, how to bring it to the market. In the end, we chose a trust. One of the reasons was, and I don't want to get into you know for a 404 discussion on uh, accounting rules versus you know cash, but the accounting rules become so complicated now that lots of people don't understand, you know, really what the PNL and the balance sheet are telling them. And particularly around non-cash items, around you know, fair value adjustments and you know, if you go and raise a bond you know and particularly if you raise a perpetual uh, prep or something like that, what's the equity component or what's the you know the, uh, the fixed in- income component so, and, and because of that the balance sheet uh, the about both the balance sheet but particularly the p l is so difficult to read. Whereas if you go to a trust structure, it's basically cash accounting and it's pretty hard to sort of full cash. And what we did with the, with HKT was we said, well, okay, we'll make it part of the trustee, that 100% of the cash flow of the business will be distributed to shareholders every year. So you don't have this accounting notion of PL, which can vary quite substantially, and you don't have the impact of non-cash items in there. So every year, you know, HKT has been pumping out very good dividends and it's been rewarded basically on a dividend. On a, a dividend multiple rather than a traditional
0: leave-it-down multiple. Now, what do you think about this data privacy? You think each country is going to require everyone to to essentially have uh, uh, data resident in their country, or do you think uh, you think that's because uh, essentially Australia, I think, is taken a very taken a stab at this recently, right? Which is that uh, they don't want uh, personal information leaving the country, uh, but I think it's also in the Nordics. There's also some some uh, movement afoot as well.
1: Yeah, I think it's, a lot of people are going to become concerned about that. I mean, a lot of policymakers, legislators around the world are going to be concerned about that. Um, you know, data being moved offshore, what's the use of that data? Uh, and I think it'll it'll have, you know, undoubted national security implications as well, you know, and being able to understand who's doing what within one's borders. I mean, I, I, think that's, that's a given bill. There's going to be more and more interest and concern and probably constraints put around using people data within country and also probably across borders yeah
0: well just as a a last uh, sort of thought the uh the industry telecom and tech actually uh, Largely, has been a beneficiary of COVID. So, in your view, do you think that 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 uh, that petrol continues to get pumped on the fire uh, for a few more years? I mean, do you think you're optimistic at least for the industry in, in that sense? Uh, even though COVID may uh, limit how often people see their families and things, I mean, what's what's your thoughts on on the tech and telecom industry future?
1: Oh, well, I'm very optimistic about it. I mean, uh, so if I think about what fintech alone could do uh for the telecoms industry it's just phenomenal but that's only one super app if i you know if i start talking about electric cars and and my view on electric cars and i said it before is that to me an electric car is basically a sim card and computer on wheels right and you interconnect that you know it's, a, it's an island of intelligence it's interconnected into a massive uh transportation system I mean, you can have a new public transport system uh, and you know, just imagine the data centres and the fibre and the 5G and so, just to support that one application because I mean, we all have things like controlled road space. Uh, we don't need to have lane markings anymore because we won't be driving our cars. You know, it'll be all the, um, the intelligence, the AI intelligence will be driving the cars and keeping them apart. We'll have less car accidents and less pressure on our public hospitals, et cetera, but it'll be a huge load on the telecom system. You know, I took the company into electric car charging. I took the company into into basically getting the virtual bank license, et cetera, because I see all of these things are becoming peripheries to, you know, a massive, you know, uh, telecoms capability.
0: Thanks, Alex, uh, a lot for taking the time. Uh, I think you gave us some great insight into uh, the future. Uh, also, just some great insight into how, how some things uh, – Happened over the past, and and uh, it's it's just an honor to have you on on the show, and and thank you very much for uh, taking the time, and uh, we'll uh, we'll keep in touch with you over your retirements. Uh, so thanks a lot for the time today.